Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty! Yeah, Big Nasty! Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby! This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast live on YouTube today for episode 199. Can you believe it? Just one away from that elusive 200. And I guess that means we got to we gotta do something grand. We got to come up with something quick because I don't know if we have a whole lot on the agenda for 200, but we're going to fill it up quick. In other news, ladies and gentlemen, we are just one week away from Buccaneers regular season football. Thursday night, they're going to be opening things up against the Dallas Cowboys in Raymond James Stadium. Beautiful primetime television. And your world champion Buccaneers will kick off their title defense at home. Welcome back to the show. It has been a little while since we have talked to you guys. A little over a week. And uh, for the first time... In a while, the Buccaneers have been busy as hell. Uh, this week, they cut down their roster to 53, the regular season limit. The deadline was on Tuesday, so we're going to uh, talk about all the moves that were made there. Several veterans were cut. A lot of people's favorite players were cut. Of course, we'll talk about that. Some other pressing news that I need to mention before we go any further. Uh, former Buccaneer... Linebacker Keith McCants passed away today at age 53, far too young. Uh, He was a first-round pick for Tampa Bay in 1990. He played in the NFL until 1995. After his NFL career, he found a career as a radio broadcaster. And um, his effect on the community and the league and the Buccaneers organization, I mean, to to put it lightly, he's going to be pretty missed. Uh, But rest in peace to Keith McCants. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And Evan, actually weathering the storm up there. You guys getting a little bit of that hurricane in Philly, I see. Yes, we are. And uh, have not gotten a lot of sleep over the past 24 to 48 hours. So 
Uh, but I'm here. We're here. We're back. We are now back. We did not. We did not disappear off the face of the earth. Brett was just moving. As you can see, the new setup. Let us know what you think of the setup. Obviously, the people that are listening to this um, on uh, either Apple or Google Play or Spotify or whatever can't tell. But if you can tell on the YouTube version, Red has a brand new set. Red has a brand new setup. So, um, yeah, it, it looks good, buddy. Hey, thanks, brother. I, I like it. I had a lot of fun putting it together. Um, you know, obviously we moved apartments, so it was time for a change either way. But I figured as far as the podcast setup goes, it, it really was time for a change. If you guys have been watching this show on video for, you know, over the last five years, it's kind of always been the same thing. I've had, you know, a couple of Bucks jerseys hanging up behind me. Every now and again, you'll see some posters on the wall. But I figured we would finally retire the uh, the jerseys hanging up on the wall and we'd move to something a little more sophisticated, right? Feels a little more grown up in here now. We've got the signed Mike Allstott, the best of the Bay 2019. Thank you to you guys for that award. Uh, the social media poster, a bunch of business cards, the big bucko Bruce hanging in the back, 2020 world champs. And even behind my chair right here, like there's even more stuff. A little bit of bonus action for you if I move out of the way. But uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. We're kind of getting our bearings. And it's a great time to do so because like I mentioned before, we are one week away from Buccaneer football. But let's talk about some more latest, uh, some more of the latest news coming out of one buck. Before we get into the roster cuts, head coach Bruce Arians announced today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are officially 100% vaccinated. Every single player on the roster has been given their vaccination. Um, and if you're a player in the NFL, having a vaccination means that you have far less obstacles, I think is a way to put it. Um, it. You know, it definitely seems like it's more convenient to be a vaccinated player in the NFL as opposed to being an unvaccinated player in the NFL. And when you have an entire team that is ready to go, you know, it's just another level of preparation. And I think it's great that these guys were all able to get on the same page. Yeah, it's, you know, but mostly the, the biggest difference is protocols and, and different things like that. I, I don't know what they are. It's so complicated to me, honestly. All of them, if you're vaccinated, these are your protocols. And if you test positive, then this and that. And, but if you're not vaccinated, any test positive has to be this amount of days. And I don't know. We don't get into it. Just know that the Buccaneers are 100%. That means not just the players, that is the coaching staff as well, uh, 100% vaccinated. Oh, yeah. And in the day and age that we are in, like I said, you know, it can only just be looked at as a competitive advantage. Uh, the Titans came to town. Mike Vrabel had tested positive, and we've seen ever since then uh, this virus pick apart Tennessee's roster. I think they had upwards of 10 guys on the reserve list. Not all of them are off of it yet. And, of course, the Buccaneers have some issues of their own, but with those guys being vaccinated, it's going to shorten the amount of time that you have to deal with that stuff. So, uh, you know, for the Bucs, just another competitive uh, advantage coming into this season and something that I think a lot of people should be happy about, regardless of your opinion um, you know, on the whole ordeal. But let's talk about this 53-man roster. The Buccaneers waived quite a few people. We have not talked to you guys since before the Texans game, which, by the way, the Buccaneers went out there and dominated. I don't think you could have asked for much more from the starters. I know the first drive was lackluster, but uh, Tom Brady went out there and said, all right, we're going to make this better. And two 90-plus yard scoring drives for the offense led to them getting an early exit in the second quarter, which is exactly what you could have wanted, right? I mean, Brady looked sharp. I think he was 10 for 10 at one point, 10, 11 straight complete passes. He was on fire. And uh, these guys definitely look ready for Dallas. If that's a little bit of the sample size that we got. 
Yeah, the offense did. I, I personally, I want to get into this a little bit. I didn't think the defense deserved to be pulled. I just didn't think they earned it. I, I think they should have been sent out there for another drive. What did the, the Texans have? Uh, almost like an eighteen play drive or something. I don't know. Right. Stupid, yeah. Right. Like it was like you know that took up it took up most of the quarter. Um, and obviously the Texans didn't score, but like I, I didn't really think that was acceptable. Um, so I, I, I would have sent that the starting defense back out there uh, for another series to try and be like, make this one better. Um, but it is what it is. I think when you look at the preseason as a whole, you know, we kind of talked about the offense and in the grand scheme of things, this does not matter. But since you brought up the defense, I think we might as well make this observation. You know, the offense, you got six snaps in the first preseason game of the starters, and they really didn't do very much. You got a first down to Gio Bernard. Tom Brady let it rip, but wasn't able to complete it to Antonio Brown. Ball was right in his hands. He couldn't reel it in. Those were your starter highlights for the first game. Uh, They gave us everything we could have wanted in that third game. It was a slow start, but once Brady and the boys got rolling, they looked just as good as they ever did. They were playing against a terrible Texans defense, and um, they did exactly what you would expect them to do. Now, as far as the defense, I will say that first game, while they only did play the same six snaps that the offense did, before the Levante David force fumble, the Bengals were kind of driving on yeah, them a little bit. Were. And it was with a backup quarterback, mind you. Um, so these concerns coming back around game three, obviously it's the Texans, which isn't much better of an offense, if any, because they did not have their starting quarterback out there. Well, I guess they did in Tyrod Taylor since their you know QB one is inactive indefinitely. But, um, you know, Tyrell Taylor looked really good against this defense. And, I mean, that's not really something that you would expect to hear. So I can kind of understand why those concerns are there. But, you know, I guess the concern then becomes how slow of a start is this defense going to get against Dallas? Because we know, you know, even last year it took this defense a couple of games to really get going, right? I don't know if that's going to be the case again this year. I Hopefully it won't. And if there is an adjustment period, it's only like one or two games tops, maybe three. But um, I mean, is that a big concern for you? Is this defense like are, are you worried about it? Should we worry about it? Are we overreacting for even talking about it? It is a little bit to me just because the offenses that they're going to play like right out of the gate, you're facing the Dallas Cowboys. And if Dak Prescott is healthy and is able to sling it like the, the Cowboys, while I don't think the receiving corpse is better than the Buccaneers. I think it's probably the second best in the NFL. I think it's um, definitely underrated. You know, and uh, well, I think it's a little overrated. I mean, you got people saying <laughs> you got people saying it's better than Tampa's. Um, so I, I just think that like this isn't like some scrub offense you, you have coming in. So you got to be ready. Like, you know, or I, I think Dallas can seriously put points on you. Yeah. Uh, like they seriously can. The next week, Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, their defense sucks, but they can still put points on you. Like they, they can still, they still have Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. They got Kyle Pitts. Um, I mean, I know you could say, well, they didn't have Julio Jones. Well, the Buccaneers didn't even play Julio Jones last year anyway. So that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, and then the Rams the next week, Stafford, you know, Cooper Cup. That was an offense that really, not exactly with the huge plays, but like kind of shredded the Bucs defense when, when they came to Tampa. Well, I mean, and now that very, they got. Deshaun Jackson, if you're not ready for it, we know the right. Bucks defense, the secondary in particular, doesn't play that great against those fast receivers. And while he's probably not even as fast as he was like during his time in Tampa, even 
Deshaun Jackson is still pretty goddamn fast, and that's yeah. a guy that could make you pay if you're not ready for it. Yeah, so just being – we're not, like, saying the defense is going to suck. We're not saying that. I'm just saying that they they got to get ready. They got to be on their P's and Q's right from the get-go because it does not – they don't come out with a cupcake schedule. It's not like you're playing the Panthers week one and then you're playing the Jets week two. It's You're, you're playing some top-tier offenses early on. Yeah. Before we get into these roster cuts, shout out to our people in the live chat. The moderator, Willie Beeman, holding it down. Good to see you, buddy. Zach Jarvis in here, storytelling, and a couple of other people. Thank you for being here. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the channel and uh, leave a thumbs up on the video because it really, really helps the show. So, like I said, to start things off, and literally the name of this episode revolves around the Buccaneers' 53-man roster, so let's go ahead and get into things. We're going to go down the list of guys that they waived, a lot of them are guys that we talked about on the last episode when we last talked to you guys. Uh, so we'll follow up on the status of them here shortly. But let's go ahead and kick this list off. Tackle Jake ben, uh, Benzinger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something like that. Yeah. yeah, some camp depth. He was cut at the tackle position. Wide receiver Surreal Grayson, who I will say, it's been an uphill battle for him ever since that nasty drop, the only target he got in the 2020 season, I believe. But... um. Was it what? I don't even know. Can you consider that a drop? <laughs> if it does, if it doesn't hit your hands, it, it, yeah, it hit him drop? right in the face, hit him um, right, in the, right in the helmet, right in the cranium. Yeah. So I guess he didn't technically, you know, catch it. So I wouldn't call it a drop, but it wasn't a play worth remembering. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go out and say that he was putting together a solid preseason because, you know, we've talked about how stacked this wide receiver room is. So a guy like him being cut isn't shocking. But just the fact that he's kind of been able to stick around this long, you know, he was a name that when it popped up, I was like, oh, there he goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. And wow, Willie Beeman with the 20 hour super chat. Holy Thank you hell. Thank you, buddy. We really appreciate you, my man. Listen, I have got some experimental behind the scenes stuff that I have got to get, uh, that I have got to get sorted out. But like, we're supposed to have a super chat notification. So, like, whenever those go off, we're supposed to have cannons firing and the message pops up on the screen. I don't know why it didn't work, but hopefully I'll go back and fix it. Uh, Willie says, hello, fellas. Just dropping something down in the Wendy's Fund. Really appreciate. Looking forward to a great season and a strong finish. Not too thrilled about Dallas coming to town. They don't deserve this game. We'll get them up out of here. Hell yeah, Willie. That's the spirit, my friend. And yeah, I mean, I wish the Bucks played a better-ish team on primetime, but I will say... I'm pretty confident that they can win against Dallas. So I got no problem that they can come out and, you know, send those cowgirls packing on Thursday night football. But thank you so much for your support, Willie. Glad to have you in the stream, my friend. Good to talk to you again. So let's go ahead and carry on with this list. Safety Javon Hagan, who kind of had an up and down preseason. I think he was one of the most talked about guys on that defense as far as the second and third stringers go. He had that interception, which he immediately gave away in the first preseason game. Second preseason game, I think he had a stronger game, and it wasn't very strong of a finish for him in the third. Uh, but your thoughts on Javon Hagen's departure? You know, this wasn't as surprising to me as we'll get into this a little bit later, but he's not coming back on the practice squad. So he is done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, he's, he's not coming back. Uh, that, was, that was more of a surprise to me than him actually getting cut. Because I just figured, I even said we I went on uh, – James from Mr. Bucks Nation. Um, unfortunately, I, I had to be on his show. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, said, you were on like eight videos in a row. I know. I think his subscribers we were, got tired of seeing you. I'm sure they did. <laughs> uh, our, our subscribers are almost tired of seeing me sometimes. So I, I definitely think, yeah, they were like, oh, this guy again. 
And every time you look at the video and it's just James, you're like, thank God. <laughs> um, so I had thought, I, I literally said, I think Javon Hagen is destined for the practice squad. I was pretty confident in saying that and didn't happen. He, he yeah. is not, he is not going to be back now. That doesn't mean in the future, maybe in in season, if injuries come up, if he's sitting on the street still, or if he's on another team's practice squad, the Bucks can sign him to the active roster. Like that could still happen, but like, I'm surprised. I really am. And maybe the availability of Andrew Adams changed things uh, for the Bucks, which we'll get into later. Um, but I, I am a little bit surprised that Javon Hagen's not on the practice squad. Not, not surprised that he was cut. I'm surprised that he's not ended up on the practice squad. And uh, speaking of the practice squad, we got a couple of guys we're about to talk about who did end up making that list. Wide receiver Surreal Grayson is one of them. So while I know we just mentioned that he was cut, he is on the practice squad yes. as of right now. The next guy on this list, outside linebacker Ladarius Hamilton, who had a uh, very strong third preseason game, might I say. A little bit of vet experience back there, but he is also on the practice squad for Tampa Bay. Center Jonathan Hubbard, who is not on the practice squad, right? Uh, I don't believe he is. He I, was, I, could, uh, I could be wrong. He was some late um, training camp depth. I think yes, he was one of the yes. last O-linemen that they had signed. Uh, so not really shocked to see him go anywhere. But here is one that kind of wraps up our discussion about that fourth tight end spot that we have been having for the last month. Tight end Tanner Hudson waived by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He ended up signing with the San Francisco practice squad. So he went out and got himself a job. Tanner Hudson, his time is done in Tampa Bay. Now, three seasons later in a Super Bowl ring, I'm sure he is nothing but grateful. But if you are a really big Tanner Hudson fan, it's unfortunate because uh, Bruce definitely was not shy about his criticism on T-Hud. And uh, I mean, with him being waived and ultimately playing somewhere else, it's clear to see that he wasn't bluffing either. No, no. Um, I came on this show after, you know, he was very candid about what he thought of Tanner Hudson and the expectations that were there. And like I said, I said on James's show too, whenever you use the words regress, I just think that is almost a kiss of death. Um, it's just, it's never good. You never want to hear those words come out of your head coach's mouth. Right. And when you're, when you're a player on the bubble, you just, you don't want to hear those words. And uh, Hudson, just while he was a valuable like receiving threat at tight end, this team doesn't need that. You know, this team has plenty of that. Um, I understand, oh, he was a younger, cheaper Cameron Bray. And if the Bucks wanted to, they probably could have moved on from Bray this offseason and saved a couple dollars, you know, and, and kept Hudson on as a third tight end. They probably could have. They elected to stay with the veteran Bray. Whatever, it's fine. Bray is a better blocker than Hudson. Hudson might be one of the worst, like, blocking tight ends i've ever seen like he is just he's like lost and I, I really wish him success in san francisco um he signed with the 49ers practice squad so i i, I wish him success there um he provides some fun memories he, he really did and uh it, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird seeing a preseason next year without him yeah well i'll never forget i, I think my top tanner hudson memory has nothing to do with his play on the field uh, but the night of the Buccaneers ring ceremony, he live streamed the whole thing. Like he, I mean, he was one of several players who did, but he was up on the stage and he's showing us the screen and everything. And at one point, you know, we're watching the, the video package that they put together before they present the rings. And T-Hud looks at the camera. He's like, I want you guys to be a part of this too. And it just warmed my heart, bro. Cause like, that, you know, that's probably he's just, why, that's probably why he got cut. That was supposed to be confidential. Yeah. Right. It was supposed to be you know, <laughs> players and staff only. 
Um, no, but definitely wish Tanner Hudson the best. I-, I was a big fan of him, and hopefully he can make something happen over there in San Francisco. These next two guys, I believe, are also on the practice squad after being waived. Wide receiver Travis Johnson is one, and uh, tight end Cody McElroy is the other. So as of right now, looking at the Buccaneers' initial 53-man roster, and I say initial 53-man roster because as of this time of year, a lot of the 53-man rosters you see are uh, fluid is the word. Yes. Uh, a lot of variables there. A lot of guys coming off of the reserve list that are going to be taking up a, uh, a roster spot. Um, some guys are just not entirely happy with that. They still have time to go in there and try and improve upon or, you know, make some last minute signings because a lot of guys going unclaimed on waivers can be picked up for peanuts right now. But, uh, Travis Johnson and Cody McElroy. Now looking at the initial 53, it seems like the Bucks are just going to go ahead and carry three tight ends, uh, until they potentially need to call somebody up from the practice squad. Do you think they, at this point, ultimately carry three into the regular season? Yeah, I think at this point, um, especially since a lot of it's died down at this point, you know, the waiver wire claims have been in. Uh, A lot of your your free agents have, I mean, like there's obviously still a ton of free agents now available, but I think at this point, I think it's safe to say they're they're comfortable enough with carrying three tight ends and and just sort of having, we talked about having your fourth tight end as a blocker. I think they're comfortable enough with having, uh, Josh Wells sort of in that role, the same role that Joe Haig had last year, sort of right. as that extra guy. Yeah. Uh, Fra- Frank G asked, do you think Justin Watson is going to get released or practice squad once he's activated? Well, that is a little bit down the road. Um, so that, I think the Bucks will cross that bridge when they get to it. They did put him on the PUP list this week. I think he's been there for a while, right? Yeah, so he's going to be out for a little bit more. Um, so I, I think the Bucks will cross that road, cross that bridge when they get to it. I don't, I don't know. I think they would, they would probably like to keep him uh, on the practice squad if they're able to. Some team might might view him, though, as a nice special teams piece. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Let's go ahead and talk about that last cornerback spot. That was another hot discussion that we had right along the lines of uh, the tight end conversation. The first guy who was waived was Herb Miller, and uh, he actually ended up back on Tampa Bay's practice squad, so he still has a role. But the last time we talked to you guys, before the Texans game, mind you, I think Evan and I were both pretty confident that Antonio Hamilton was the man for the job. And uh, up against Houston, who goes out there and has two interceptions? D. Delaney, Bruce's boy, right? So Antonio Hamilton was waived, and uh, he will not be returning to Tampa Bay. He did not make it on the practice squad, but D. Delaney is basically your guy for that last yes. cornerback spot. It's, we knew it all along, right? <laughs> if all you all you had to do is just listen to a Bruce press conference. You had to, you had to listen between and, the lines, I guess. Yeah, I mean, anybody who was debating anything else was an idiot. So, <laughs> um, Pete Payne says morning, and that sounds awful, Pete. So, morning to you in the UK. Hey, good morning, Pete. Uh, I, I know Pete's been holding out. He's been texting me this week asking about a show. I'm glad <laughs> to see you here, my friend, all the way from the UK. You know, it's it's funny, though, that we talk about this cornerback spot because Antonio Hamilton, let's be honest, those first two preseason games, we thought he was the guy for the job. He he, he still had, as far as camp practices go, he was the best corner out of those guys fighting for the job in camp. But as, that far as, last, as far as practices go. That last preseason game against Houston. I mean, obviously, it's going to be hard to compete with two <laughs> interceptions with the guys that are fighting for your oh, spot. And, yeah, Herb Miller had an yeah. interception, too. Herb Miller so. had a pick. But, I mean, damn, dude, he had a rough game. 
Like yeah. he, he we were, we were talking, we were talking, favors. we were talking during it, and I, I texted you. I said, I think Antonio Hamilton just got himself cut. You said, I agree. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't great, and um, not the 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 last impression you wanted to leave. Not the you know in Antonio Hamilton's case, he probably wishes this was a four game preseason, so he right. had another shot, you know, to get back out there. Not good. Um, Antonio Hamilton, as far as I know, has not signed anywhere. Uh, so he is a free agent. He hadn't signed anybody. Um, and yeah, like you said, the Bucks brought Herb Miller back on the practice squad. And I mean, I think that they like Herb Miller, but I think they want to see a little bit more progression from him. I think the interception helped this cause. I don't know if it was the deciding factor, um, but good for Delaney. Uh, he, he worked his butt off, clearly earned it. And uh, it was a nice competition, but um, yeah, we're, uh, we're moving forward and uh, he's going to be, he's going to be the guy. So probably the fifth corner, if Ross Cockrell is actually a corner still, I don't know. Yeah. Ross Cockrell he, made the, uh, he made the 53 man as a, as a safety. Yeah. And, but it, on the bucks thing, you know how they have like the 53 man roster in photos. Like it's like a photo gallery of them. Right. Yeah. He's listed as a corner in that one, but he's listed as a safety. I, I'm confused. Well, I've seen, so. I, I saw, uh, Oh, God damn. I saw a picture from the joint practices that they put up, and I think it was like, I think it was a picture of some tight end. It wasn't Gronk, and it was like tight end Rob Gronkowski, and it very clearly was not Rob Gronkowski. They do that every now and again. So, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they're just don't have the most updated position roster right in front of them. But, uh, but yeah, Ross Cockerell definitely finds a way to stick around on this team. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with him. We talked about the possibility of, you know, maybe a reserve safety because he was getting those reps with Jordan Whitehead missing so much of camp. And then eventually the Bucks just carried him as an extra safety. So, I mean, I don't mind it if he doesn't and, move at all. And George, Jordan Whitehead also missed today as well. Yeah. Practice, so. Yeah. Jordan um, Whitehead, it, the last they talked to Bruce about it, which I believe was yesterday or the day before, he says he feels fairly confident that Whitehead will be good to go for week one. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think they'll play it cautious. I think especially with Mike Edwards there now and having a solid camp and Cockrell having a good camp, I don't think there's any rush. I think if Whitehead's ready to play, they'll put him in. Uh, but I don't think there's any rush. Um, just real quick, catching up on the, the chat, uh, how bad is Giovanni Bernard's uh, injury? He, he Bruce said he's going to be fine. Um, just an ankle sprain. He should be okay for next week. Uh, Emily, hi guys. I know we have suck up, but is it true that Jose's range is 70 yards? Well, he was hitting them in practice, but the the issue is that practice is very much different than an actual game. So in practice, you might be able to hit that, but in a game, I don't think he's going to be able to <laughs> thank, hit 70 yards. Thank God all of his attempts got blocked against Houston, right? right? See? He's, <laughs> we yeah, talk, well, we we'll, had a discussion we'll, about we'll, potentially we'll you know, trying to hide this guy and not showing the league how good he is, and I mean, there really isn't anything better you can ask for than, what, two blocked <laughs> kicks? Two blocks, yeah. Man. Two blocks. I, yeah, and then the other two were like right down the middle, but yeah, two blocks. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Is he technically Ryan Suckup was just activated? The Buccaneers do have to make a move there. They have to likely waive Jose Borgales. So he'll go to waivers. And if he's not picked up on waivers, he'll be signing with Tampa's practice squad. Uh, they have one spot left on the practice squad. So it's yeah. like we'll get to the practice squad in a few minutes here, but like it's literally for him. 
Um, so, uh, or it's for a, it's for a kicker. So if they lose him, it'll be for another kicker. We'll see if they're able to do it. Uh, real quick, just the rest of the group chat. We'll roll Grant Stewart play a, sort of a, a special teams role. Oh yeah, Grant um, Stewart also made the initial fifty-three man squad, yes, which is which is good to see. I think a lot of people were rooting for Grant Stewart. You weren't really sure what was going on there, and for the Bucks. Six out of their seven draft picks make the 53, the initial 53. That's yeah. got to be a good feeling, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously, yeah, you won every pick, but like that's not, that's not going to happen every year. It's not like, realistic. Right, you know, yeah. Ch- Chappelle Russell didn't make it last year. Um, Terry Beckner Jr. didn't make it the year before. Like it happens, you know, with those late round picks, you're just taking flyers on guys. Yeah. Um, I, other than that, though, we're pretty much caught up on the group, uh, on, on the chat. Uh, I did have, get uh, that. Who gets that O-line spot, Alex or Andrew? Do you mean Aaron, Aaron. like Aaron Stinney? Uh, well, it sounds like it's Alex Cabot's job, so it's, yep. it's his. Yep, Bruce came out and said it's going to be Alex's job until he loses it, which is uh, kind of what we were saying before the Texans game. But I think him going out there and getting that work with the starters just kind of solidified that he's ready to go. And and for a guy like Alex Kappa, who we talked about, has not been you know disserviceable for the Buccaneers thus far. The guy played through a broken freaking arm against LA in 2019. That's a guy that I want on my offensive line. So even though it is a contract year, uh, I think we can expect good things from Alex Kappa. I'm very comfortable with him at that right guard spot. Going back to the safety discussion really quickly about Ross Cockrell in particular. I think Willie Beeman brought it up and our buddy Joel Elrican. He said, could the safety designation have anything to do with special teams? Um, Maybe. It, it it could i just i don't know i don't really know i think it just matters to more the the numbers like the roster numbers of what you're carrying they they, they kept chris cooper on as a safety as well mm-hmm. and he had the nice special teams play um versus the texans where you know he the ball was sort of like ryan smith right yeah, very similar yeah. a little, sli- like, a little you know, sloppy but it, it still got the job done hey you know if whatever you know sloppy gets the job done everybody knows that um so I, I don't I, I think Chris Cooper is there for strictly special teams. Uh, I think Cockrell could play special teams. I don't really think it matters too much though what he's listed as. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I don't I don't think it matters too much what he's listed as. I do think you'll see him play a little bit of special teams, just because I think like they're they're looking for guys on special teams. They're looking right. for guys to make a difference. Um, so. Yeah, uh, Pete asked, we have to make room for Sue coming off COVID reserve, don't we? Uh, yeah, they do, which is, I mean, I just mentioned Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper is one of the guys that could possibly be waived uh, once everybody is, is activated off the COVID list. So uh, it's it's tough because you want to celebrate these guys making a 53, but at the end of the day, nothing's guaranteed um, they, they might not so yeah. I, I know a lot of people are in here talking about grant stewart there's a chance that grant stewart's not on this team just because you know the, the people that were on the covid list they didn't count towards the 53-man roster right now that's that's what we're basically saying so they didn't have to count adamican sue they didn't have to count ryan suck up they didn't have to count earl watford even though it, it doesn't sound like Earl Watford's going to be staying anyway. It, it sounds like he's like even if even once he does get activated, I don't think he's gonna go to the three man roster. So uh, you know, and then obviously Nick Leverett's on there. Uh, so you know, I, I think if they want to keep him, you got to activate. So it sucks that some guys like think yeah they made it, but in reality, only a few days, and um, you know, 
it's uh it's it's the business though yeah. that that is what it is it's uh, part of uh it's part of the game let's go ahead and really quickly rally off the rest of these names that were let go outside linebacker elijah ponder defensive lineman surprise. benning sorry go ahead that was a surprise that he wasn't put on the practice squad I'm yeah you think surprised so by that yeah uh, next up, defensive lineman Benning Potoai, who is another practice squad guy. I know that's somebody who stuck around the Bucks organization for a couple of years now, so you guys should recognize that name if you've been paying attention. But he is another practice squad guy. Tackle Brad Seaton was waived, I believe, with injury designation. Um, mm. he, he was injured in that last preseason game or right before. I think. It? I think yeah, I think he was. Yeah. He was injured in the last. I mean, he didn't really have a great game, so I hate the. I, I hate to uh, kick a guy while he's down, but yeah, he, he got injured in that game, but he wasn't having a great game anyway. Defensive lineman Kobe Smith, who I believe also made the practice squad, right? He did, yep. Tackle Brandon Walton, who I also believe made the yep. practice squad. And uh, we mentioned it before, but we'll say it again. Seventh round pick, cornerback Chris Wilcox, who uh, did not make the team. He was waived, and I believe he's yet to sign anywhere. Actually, no, he well, ended he, up with the Colts. Was, yeah, he, he was yep. picked up. He was – so the Buccaneers did not claim any players on waivers, and they uh, they did lose one player. They they uh, Chris Wilcox was was claimed by the Colts. So Wilcox is uh, is gone. Um, so, yeah, it's we, – we talked about him. We didn't really think he was going to make the team. I figured he's going to be on the practice squad, but – I mean, and probably the Bucks would have liked them on the practice squad, but hey, nothing you can do. Some more guys that were released. Nobody waved here, just straight up released. Tight end Jarrell Adams, quarterback Ryan Griffin. And, and we've talked, you know. No surprise. We've talked plenty about this one. I think the writing has been on the wall ever since the Buccaneers drafted Kyle Trask. But uh, Ryan Griffin did end up on the practice squad. So he is technically still with the organization and is technically still the Buccaneers' longest tenured quarterback. How about that, huh? The the legacy continues. Going back to the- I, I, I said real quick, I said on James's show, I was like, that's going to be a trivia question like 15 years from now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. If, if, if like, yeah, if um if the Bucs like haven't found the quarterback, like it's going to be like, who was the longest tenured Bucs quarterback in history from, you know, 2021 or whatever? And everybody's going to be like, oh, Tom Brady or somebody or James Winston. Nope, it's Ryan Griffin. (laughs) That's going to be a great trivia question. Oh, hell yeah, man. But uh, Griff finds a way to stick around on the practice squad. So if you're a big fan of RG4, then that is good news for you. Next up on the cut list, inside linebacker Joe Jones, who had that pick six in the first preseason game. And uh, I believe was also part of that special teams play that we had mentioned in the third preseason game against Houston. He was the one who downed the ball at the goal line, and then they had to go back and review it because they, I guess, at first called it a touchback, and then they were like, oh, well, no, maybe he was outside. It was actually Bruce Arians that challenged it, and we know Bruce doesn't give a damn, dude. If Bruce wants to challenge, he's going to go ahead and toss that flag up there. Buccaneers end up winning the challenge, and obviously now we remember it as a great special teams play. He was a part of that, but he was released. The five-year veteran uh, did not make the practice squad either, so kind of curious to see where he ends up as he is a guy who not only has, you know, a track record, but it can also bring a little bit to a team as a depth piece at linebacker. I think he's got some upside. He's a five-year veteran in the NFL. To play five years at linebacker in the NFL, even if you're not the best, you got to be doing something right. So he he should land somewhere, I'm thinking. Here is one that was a little bit more of a surprise. Defensive lineman Jeremiah Ledbetter, who I think quietly had a really good preseason 
And I guess this just comes down to, you know, making space on the roster when you're looking at guys like Sue being on the reserve list and all the other people that you have to count as depth. But uh, I was surprised to see him go because he has been on that D line for uh, for a little while. I think he's one of the longer tenured guys that we mentioned here. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I was surprised to see him cut. I was surprised to see him not brought back on the practice squad. That's what mostly it was for me. Um, it's just, you know, his position, it's so deep, right? The, the Bucks have such a deep uh, player group there that it's tough to make the roster. Uh, I think it was probably between him or Steve McClendon. I think they just preferred the veteran. So uh, and anybody wondering if Jeremiah Lebeter will be coming back, he will not. He has signed with the Cardinals practice squad. Um, so he is a member of the Arizona Cardinals now. Jeremiah Ledbetter, who, like, I agree with you, had a had a pretty good camp. Um, unfortunately, couldn't stick in Tampa. And actually, he's been here for like two, three years. So yeah, it's... yeah, he's he's been around. Like Jeremiah Ledbetter is a name that you didn't hear it on Sundays, but like if you if you paid attention to the depth at D line, he's always kind of been there. Um, I know he was on the practice squad for a little while and he did get called up a few times between his first time in Tampa and now, but uh, yeah, he is on to greener pastures. So he got featured endeavored. Hopefully things go well for him. As we wrap up this cut list here, wide receiver Jadon Mickens, who uh, I also believe is another practice squad guy, right? So this was one, a surprise cut and a surprise practice squad. (laughs) <laughs> surprise cut surprise cut because i really thought they were carrying seven wide receivers especially once it came out that they were only carrying three tight ends i was like okay they're just gonna carry seven wide receivers then and then mickens was cut and i was like okay and it's not i'm not surprised that he's on the practice squad that the bucks brought him back i'm surprised that he made it through waivers um a player like that with the experience that he has both you know in the league and on special teams um I'm surprised that that type of player, and he's young enough too, like that type of player passes through waivers. That that kind of surprised me. So good on the Bucks to get that type of guy back for the practice squad, though. Yeah, I think it's a big gift for the practice squad. He's got plenty of regular season experience, and he is a guy that, you know, in a worst case scenario, everybody feels comfortable with the Bucks calling him up because they're already familiar. He's got a Super Bowl ring, damn it. But let me ask an honest question here: Is the reason he went unclaimed on waivers? Does it have anything to do with that uh that gun drama that we heard a little bit about like i i know that it's not necessarily hanging over his head but i don't think it was ever fully resolved was it no i don't think it was fully resolved but i can't really speak on that because i don't i don't know yeah i just i simply don't know no i get it the last cut that we have here running back cj procise uh not really shocked to see him go I mean, I know a couple of people who were CJ ProSize fan. You ask James, he's a fan of any vague player on this football team. So he was a huge CJ ProSize fan. But uh, unfortunately, things not working out for him in Tampa Bay. Now, let me rattle off these names on the practice squad. And if I am missing any, please let me know. I believe I only have 13 out of 16 here. Wide receiver, Surreal Grayson. Quarterback, Ryan Griffin. Tackle, Jonathan Hubbard. Wide receiver, Travis Johnson. Tight end Cody McElroy, cornerback Herb Miller, defensive lineman Benning Potoai. I think that's how you say that. Excuse me if I butchered it. Defensive lineman Kobe Smith, tackle Brandon Walton, tight end Dion Yelder, safety Andrew Adams. A little bit of a reunion here. We know that Andrew Adams had signed with Philly over the offseason, played some preseason games there, 
and uh, ultimately winds up back on the Tampa Bay practice squad. So we're a reunion there with the guy who picked off Cam Newton, uh, what, four times in an afternoon? Three times. Three times. What a game for him. Uh, running back Darwin Thompson, I believe former Kansas City Chief, is also now on the practice squad. And uh, I think there's two or three guys that I'm missing here, if you can maybe rack my brain. Well, let's see. I can't think off the top of my head here. but Because um, they have filled it... up all 16 spots, right? Yes. Oh, uh, actually, they like I said, they have one spot left, which is presumably for Jose Borgales. Uh, they, have, they signed Troy Warner, who's a safety. They signed him from the Rams. Um, he's actually the younger brother of 49ers linebacker Fred Warner. So that's uh, that's kind of the the cool connection there. There you go, man. Um, so other than that, though, I think we we pretty much got it. Uh, I'm, I'm checking right now, and I don't I don't see anything different. So uh, yeah, a lot of these guys are are uh, like I said, you're gonna have you have one spot. It's gonna be for Borgales or another kicker. Uh, they kept three wide receivers. They kept two tight ends. They kept two offensive linemen. And uh, then they kept two defensive linemen, one outside linebacker, Ladarius Hamilton, um, which I'm surprised that yet again wasn't uh, Elijah Ponder, but um, I was kind of surprised that wasn't him. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think Andrew Adams, you might just end. He just always ends up on the roster, no right. matter what. He'll always end up. So happy to see him back. It's a really good get for the practice squad, and uh, I think it just shows that you know I think he he wanted to. I think the only reason he left was really I think he wanted an opportunity to sort of see what he could do with an expanded role. It didn't work out. And he's familiar with this team. He's yeah. familiar with the system. Um, so uh, it's uh, hey, works, works for me. So yeah. Before we start to wrap things up here, like I mentioned at the top of the show, folks, we are damn, dude, we are seven days away from the regular season. The Buccaneers are going to be opening things up on Thursday night football against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Big bad Mike McCarthy comes to town. Have you seen his new look, by the way? Like, no. like mean Mike McCarthy. He's not, you know, baby face Mike anymore. He's got the big bushy beard, his oh, ABA sunglasses. He's a bad MF. About... Well, yeah, okay. He's like, he's one of the most like overrated coaches in the NFL. Like he's, he was only good because Aaron Rodgers was his freaking quarterback. No, I agree. But it's kind of funny to see him all, you know, rugged and, and whatnot. All right. At least a little bit. Yeah. I mean, sure. I get, I mean, you're, you're biased because you're, you have a, you have a big beard. So all you need is that's glasses. why, that's why I like Mike McCarthy because we have exactly. a beard, right? That's exactly. what it is. That's, that's the rules. It. That's all it. Right. All right, Them's man. the rules, and you got to follow them rules. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're hanging out here live on YouTube, and I and I got to ask, man, you know, uh, firstly, actually, I have to ask, do you have a take bag this week? I do. Okay. One, right. before, one thing. Before we get to that, hold on. I don't mean to cut you off. We normally close no, things good. out with the uh, with the take bag, and I'm not ready to close things out just yet. Dude, I got to ask, what the hell are we going to do for episode 200? Like, I remember mm. episode 100, all those years ago, we had Bradley Pinion on, and, like, that was a huge deal for us, right? But, like, yeah. I mean, episode 200 is going to be between now and next Thursday. I don't know anybody I can call who's going to be on the show ready to go. Like, we, we yeah. got to blow this thing up, and I don't know what the hell we're going to do. Now, I feel like we got to get somebody who's, like, just like a loose cannon, you know, just not afraid to say anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I see yeah, that. That's what. That's why I feel like. I feel like we got to do. Yeah. So I don't know for episode two hundred though. 
It's going to be somebody. It's it's going to be somebody. It will be so, somebody. If he responds to our text, I mean, <laughs> we got a lot of we got a lot of guests that we try to get on who don't like to text us back. Hopefully this yeah. guy will. Yeah, that's just, you know, uh, Buck's time. Toward. There's a lot of guesses in here. We cannot speculate on any guesses. Uh, James will come on. I can tell you it's not James. It's not going to be James. It's not going to be James. I'll tell you that right now. It is not going to be James. If it, if it was up to Evan, James wouldn't even be the honorary third member of the show anymore. I <laughs> uh, love you, James. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll figure out something. I'm thinking maybe we do that show, what, next Monday? So it, it'll be, yeah, it'll be the Cowboys Bucks preview show. So, of course, we got to not only so is there a 200 so, so, episodes. So, we're going to do a show today, and then we're not going to do one for a week? That's what that means? Well, no, I mean, they play on Thursday. So, we, oh, we gotta they do, do play on Thursday. Monday. Holy hell, yeah. you're right. I keep thinking they play on Sunday. Yeah, next yeah. Thursday, you are right. So, I guess our next episode will Monday, be. Monday, probably. Our first preview show of the year. Craziness. Wow, man. The time is finally here, folks. I mean, we are mm. we are back in the groove. The Can of Fire podcast is ready to go for 2021. And we are kicking things off with a huge episode 200. Very, very excited for that. Willie Beeman says, having Chris Myers on was very impressive. Shout out to you guys. Hey, thanks, man. Chris Thank Myers you, is a, uh, he's a good friend of the, the podcast at this point, but it's always a good time. And, uh, we're grateful for his time because I know he's a he's a pretty busy guy, but we love talking to Chris, man. We had him on the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, we had him on, I believe, this time a year ago, and we got to hear mm-hmm. his thoughts on the 2020 Bucks. But, um, yeah, man, Chris is always great talking to. Pete says uh, season is coming. Frank G is tossing out a, a, a guess. He says Brent. No, not Brent. Rondé Bar. I wish Rondé Barber would respond to us. Rondé does not. It, it, did you guys know? That Rondé Barber hates interviews. He he hates interviews. He hates yeah. doing podcasts. He hates, you know, the whole media stuff, like radio interviews. Most of the time he does it because it's like a favor to a friend of his. But Rondé Barber is not a big podcast guy, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trust me, guys, we have tried. We have tried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, believe it or not, we have tried. Um, we actually put up a community post. If you guys want to go chime in there, if you have any guesses or honestly... If you have any guests that you want to see on the show this year, go check out our YouTube community post. Uh, I asked you guys what guests you want to see on the podcast this yeah, season. Yeah, I'm we just got a saying, Rhett, stuff. that if we don't get Tom Brady on the podcast, it's on you. So, Well, I mean, I don't... If, you, if, you, if you're going to put that out there, you're going to leave it open for guests, and I request somebody, it better happen. Okay, sure. All right, cool. All right. We just got. Well, do you folks, see, did you see our, folks, our, our just, boy? Confirmation. Uh, bro, I'll tell you who can get us an in with Brady is our boy, Taylor Jenkins. Right. Chris, Chris. bro. He got <laughs> quote tweeted by the goat himself today. Right. That's a, that's a life goal, bro. If I looked down at my phone and I saw Tom Brady quote, tweeted oh my God, me, I'd quit can Twitter. Imagine I'd be done. Like what I, can I, I do I on Twitter yeah. that's better than that. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing like there, there's, there's absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I would I would quit life. I'd be like, that's it. I'm I'm good. Um, <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, every single week here on the show, we wrap things up with the newest segment on the Can of Fire podcast. It is Evan's take bag, where he is going to uh, go ahead and pull some takes out of that bag right there. What do you got, my friend? Oh, it's all blurry. It's all blurry. Your filter's acting up. There we go. All right. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I have literally probably have one. Uh, maybe two. Uh, Darwin Thompson, who was signed to the practice squad from the Chiefs, is a running back. He's already better than Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, 
just a better football player. Like, can we talk about Keyshawn Vaughn for yeah, a let's second? Talk, let's, let's talk about like, Keyshawn Vaughn. Not, I mean, people who listen to the show know exactly how you feel about the man, but... Uh, look, <laughs> Keyshawn Vaughn sucks. Like, like, can we just can we just admit that? Like, can we can we like can we stop right. with the whole holding out hope for Keyshawn Vaughn? Like, I even saw James, who I've had arguments with about Keyshawn Vaughn. He was like, yeah, like he might not be that good. You like, and I have talked on this show, and I think the last time we talked about Keyshawn Vaughn it, to this degree was like the start of camp. Right before camp even started, maybe first week, I said, hey, I'm really excited to see Keyshawn Vaughn in this preseason because he's going to get some work that he has not got in the regular season. Well, Keyshawn Vaughn definitely got a lot of work this preseason, and uh, he didn't do a whole lot with it. No, he, he fumbled twice in the Texans game. Well, like, you got some people out here saying that he's improving and getting better every week. No, I guess that's just false information then. No, it's, it's, it's not. It's, it is. It's fake news. How about that? Um, I, I, man, I like I I I for the benefit of the doubt, I, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was a third round pick, and like I like Jason Light, and like he's made good picks. Keyshawn Vaughn ain't it, dude. Like he's like he's showing you nothing against third stringers. Like he's showing you nothing, and I understand the offensive line, you know. Uh, like the offensive line's got a block, and I like I understand those things, but like at some point, man, break a tackle, do do something, like do something, like come on, like you're not doing anything. You're like you you're like Bruce was, asking Tanner Hudson to block for the love of God, just do something. Yeah, like I mean, seriously, he. So that that fumble exchange was not Kyle Trask's fault. Who actually Trask played great, by the way. Um, yeah, he had his he had out. his best game. He had awesome stat line. Shout shout out Kyle Trask. Um, so um, you know it's it's tough because, like, like I said, I I'm fine with Keyshawn Vaughn being on the roster, but like Darwin Thompson, I just think it's a better player. I, I I legit think that Darwin Thompson is the better football player. I and I know you're gonna say, "Whoa, he's on the practice squad and he got cut by Kansas City and this and that." Like I, I get it, right? But Keyshawn Vaughn ain't it. Like, and I I seriously I I hate to be like so down on the guy. I really do, but like he's not it. He, he's not good. He he had a good play. You know, he caught the one ball from Brady for a touchdown. Whatever. You know, like he 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 caught he caught the one ball from Brady for a touchdown. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Person person in the chat, just you have no life. Okay, you you you, ha- you have no life. Uh, so it, it, it it comes with the territory. We were gonna get one of these sooner or later. So yeah, glad it's at the end of the uh, end of the podcast, right? Right. So, anyways, Doran Thompson greater than sign Keyshawn Vaughn. So that's that's basically that. Uh, let's talk about Kyle Trask for a minute. I'll just, we'll just recap his day. I thought he looked really good. Actually, he's showing a little bit more like elusiveness than I thought he was going to. I'm not saying he's like a scrambling quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson, but like he can, he can escape the rush a little bit. I've definitely been impressed. That was, uh, I mean, that was one of the first things that I noticed in that first preseason game, even though he didn't put a whole lot on tape because he had what four completions an entire game. 
he was still pretty good at, uh, you know, getting out of the pocket when he had to. I think his pocket awareness is something that was a little bit slept on. And I'm, I, I, you know, that's a good ability to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like his, his arm didn't flash. Like he threw the one deep ball, but I mean, he was able to escape and get, get that ball to Jalen Darden. That was a pretty play. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's good to see those, those types of uh, things uh, from Trask. You know, he's now, when you, when's the next time you're going to see him? Hopefully, the next time you see him in a Bucks like game is preseason next, week one. Next preseason, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that's when you're hoping that you, you see him next because, um, yeah. If he if he's in there the regular season, you better hope it's like a forty a forty point Bucks blowout because would uh would not be good to to see Kyle Trask. But it was good to see Kyle Trask finally progress. Blaine Gabbert, I know he was bad on on uh, Saturday versus the Texans, but like his offensive line and receivers did him like little to no favors. Um, so like I know a lot of people are like down. Oh, Kyle Trash should be the number two quarterback. No, like not yet. It's Gabbert, man, like it, it's Gabbert. So um, that's pretty much it. So that is my take back, and uh, that's it. Yeah, what a great time to wrap up the show, right? Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Evan's take bag for the week, which means it is the end of this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast presented by our guys over at betonline.ag. Thank you so much to everybody hanging out with us here live on YouTube. Not so much everybody in the live chat, but like 99% of you in the live chat. Yeah, but you're besides, awesome besides that, besides that loser who just, right. I guess, yeah, that one guy. Um, at the end of the day, that's what he wants us to do is mention him on the podcast. So I'm not going to go any further. But shout out to our guy, Willie Beeman, by the way. $20 in the Wendy's Fun. Very, very much appreciated, sir. And I'm glad that you are one of our great moderators holding it down and keeping this chat room in line. You guys are doing a great job, and we truly appreciate you. Look forward to episode 200. That's our next one, right? Like mm-hmm. 200 Crazy. episodes. Crazy, we've done 200 of these things. That's a lot of goddamn episodes. 50 yes, more is. episodes, and it's a quarter of a thousand episodes. Hopefully one day we'll be, you know, talking about episode 1,000. But, like, damn, man, here we are, almost 200 episodes later, and I would not have changed a thing. We got it. We got a damn Super Bowl in 200 episodes, right? Like That's right. It's so perfect, man. The next time we talk to you guys, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, don't know who it'll be yet because hopefully they respond, but uh, episode 200 is going to be a good one. It'll be our first ever game preview show of the season as we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defending their home turf against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football one week from today. It should be a barn burner. Make sure you check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers. Hopefully we can get there before the Cannon Fire watch party, by the way, November 14th. If you're looking for something to do, the Buccaneers are going to be on the road playing the Washington football team. And uh, we've got your hookup, man. We're teaming up with our guys at Berry House Brew Company and Wing Box Food Truck to bring you one of the best watch parties you're going to be at this year. It is free, by the way. Like, you don't got to pay anything to go to our watch party. You don't have to be on the Cool Kids Club list. 
uh, you can just show up and hang out with us. We're going to be doing a live podcast before the game and, of course, after the game. And we'd love for you guys to be a part of that. Make sure you find all the information over on our social media. Like I just mentioned, all of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thank you so much to everybody hanging out with us today for episode 199. Next time we talk to you guys, we're going to be previewing a football game. A regular season football game at that. And uh, I don't think we could be any more excited. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. And until next time, as always, go Bucks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.